BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. <laughs> this is going smashingly. And I was like, excuse me? Oh. Excuse me? No, 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 no. That's not the plan. The plan is I'm carrying. <laughs> to be honest, I was not coy about it. I was very mad. I made a mm-hmm. YouTube video. It blew the whole thing up. I write 95% of Matthew's emails. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Who's Your Daddy podcast, where it's our job to educate and explore all of the non-traditional paths to parenthood, including surrogacy, adoption, and foster to adopt. We are your hosts and husbands, Michael and Matt, and today... We are talking to Jamie Kelton from the Queer Family Podcast. We're so excited to hear Jamie's story on IVF, IUI, and her journey with infertility and how she created her family. Hello, Jamie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, fellas. Hello. How are you? It I'm is good. so good to see you. It's good to see you too. This is like I feel like we, we just spend all our time together now. We're like we do. I know we right? hang out. Podcast it's like a weekly BFFs. hangout. We do all the things. <laughs> yes. This yes. is great. Yes. Jamie and I have been talking for a few weeks now mm-hmm. and we've had mm-hmm. some calls. We did podcast recording last week for the Queer Family podcast. And this week we're going to hear your story on our podcast. But this yeah. is all going out at but the same before, time. And before so. that, Jamie didn't probably know that I was listening to her podcast before we even started talking because she has like probably the longest running, most like comprehensive podcast in the space. I'm like yes. the grandma of queer family podcasts. You're a like. huge I'm inspiration like for, all, for us. You're Mima. <laughs> I'm not even that old. Actually, I am. <laughs> no, yeah, you're not. I, I think I could be your mother's. I think I could be both. No, you 100% could not. There's absolutely know. no way. I don't know. There's absolutely I know no it's way. not okay to ask age, but... Um, I can tell you. You want to know? Sure. I'm, I I think I don't think there should be shame around age. There There's no, no... I have no shame. Yeah, that's true. I, I use a lot of creams. <laughs> yeah. The skin's flawless. I'm like, I need to learn. Um, but no, I'm, I'm 45. I could be your mother. You could not. I'm 34. Oh, I'm 31. Okay, I, yeah. I can be your mother, Matt. If I had you, like that would be. I have, I have a, I have a sister who's older than you. Oh yes, oh. I have siblings that are are both older than you as well. Mm-hmm. So we're basically the same age as what we're Literally. all. We're siblings. Siblings. <laughs> siblings. Well, before we get into it, and get into like, your story, Matthew's like, and let's start back to the agenda, people. <laughs> Me, both Jamie the point and I. Like, is I've been coffee. around a while. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, everybody, <laughs> there is a cliffhanger that you... Oh, wow, he's teasing early. I am teasing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Michael and I have some pretty big news that mm-hmm. is a big change in our surrogacy process is. and our journey. Jamie, you know what it is already. She does. And we dropped it. And in order to hear all of the juicy details of that, after this episode, head over to the Queer Family Podcast and listen to Jamie's episode... With us. ...an interview... And mm-hmm. we are going to go into a lot of detail about that. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. It's a great episode. It's a great interview. And you, y'all have to go listen to Michael and Matt's story over there because it's good. And um, <gasps> we're releasing these on the same exact day. So you have hours of podcast listening right here for your listening and viewing pleasure. All of Cancel you Cancel all of your plans. <laughs> we have There's, a marathon. You have nothing else that's more important to do today, then, let's be and, honest. Yeah. And then while you're at it, rate, review, subscribe. You know, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Th- those rating to- and reviews are big deals, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, and send the episodes deals. to your conservative friends and family members. Please, please, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> Especially this one. Do you see my shirt? I love it. That's a cool you see, shirt. Can I you read what it. it says? Drag. I can't see what it says underneath it. Underneath it says teaching, teaching kids, kids to love themselves. Teaching kids oh, to love themselves. That's why I bought this. Oh, where? Iowa. Iowa. Cedar Atta, Rapids, Atta, Iowa. At a state, out. Iowa. We're big fans. Go ahead. So <laughs> another Iowa. thing on the agenda, next mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> yeah, no, you're doing great. I am um, clearly not focused. <laughs> well, the, I also interrupt all the time. I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you do your thing. I'm going to keep it's my mouth. Good. Okay. No, quiet. you're perfect. You're yes. doing great. I'm doing track. a little ruler slap on Michael's wrists <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Jamie, we're familiar with your podcast and the way that you start your podcasts and interviews with guests mm. is you have them give an elevator pitch of who okay. they are and what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And it's a 30 second elevator pitch. So we're flipping the table we back are. onto you. Oh I'm sorry God. for that. But, uh, we want to hear your elevator pitch. Who oh is Jamie? God. Who's Jamie? I, so you have 30 seconds. I don't even think we'll hold up the clock. You know, yeah. I'm just going to give I'm gonna you. I'm going to do a timer right now. I feel now. like you've done it. this. You've <laughs> done this so many I times. I should have known okay, you were going to do this to me because I even said this is what people do to me and I'm never prepared. <laughs> I'm not prepared at all. Just everybody, I'm not prepared. So we'll see how this goes. Right. I want to do like a little can... Jeopardy tune in the background just to like make it more suspenseful <laughs> or something. We should do that. That's actually a good idea. Timer starts now. Hi. Okay. I'm Jamie Kelton. I am an actress, an author, a podcaster, and a voiceover actress. And my most recent thing that's been happening for the past five years is the Queer Family Podcast, the show that aims to uplift, highlight, celebrate, and normalize LGBTQ families to let the whole world know that despite the fact that we work really, 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 really hard to make our very intentional families, we're just like every other parent out there trying to get our kids to put their shoes on when they're already um, 30 minutes late for school and they still haven't gone out the door. Boom. That's I'm supposed perfect. to cut her off. I'm sorry. I, I was just, I, I, I don't know how you to signal nervous. like that. We're, you got so nervous. I, it's my first time doing the timer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do I signal that, that it's, that it's time? Cause it I, went, I was, we went over. <sighs> I went over. I need to do better at this. Only by this eight should seconds. Be, like perfect. I should have this figured out and down perfectly. Oh, well. I think we went over by 10 seconds on yours. So no, I, I, I did hours cause you were too nervous. Oh, I was. I like fumbled <laughs> through it and I was just like, trying to talk so fast and I had no idea what to say. I, I didn't breathe. shaking in my boots. I yeah, didn't right? breathe I don't think that I did whole either. thing. I can't believe I put, I put my guests through this. <laughs> well, I'll take one She's collective like, wow, breath that's together quite cool. before we, yes, breathe in. <sighs> okay, that was too long. Too long. That was a long okay. breath. Wow, very ASMR. Hi. I needed that. Welcome I really needed that. Okay, podcast. we're good. Well, Michael, should we start with the stories? We should, and we should just, you know, I think throw it to Jamie and have her introduce. I mean, she'd introduce herself, obviously, already. But wait, we have to get into her her fertility journey, her family building process, and that is the next thing. So, um, All right, so I am a lesbian. I'm married to my wife, Anne. We have been married... 10 years. I always <gasps> I always forget. And we've been together 15. Oh, that's No, amazing. we've been married 11. 11 years. Sorry. Yes. Married 11 it's, it's okay. together. It's okay. We got it. 15. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got married back in um, 2008. No, we met in 2008. <laughs> this, is, this is going smashingly. Um, <laughs> it's totally got, fine. Somebody asked me like, the other day how long I've been with Michael. And I said seven years. I was like, wait, no, eight. And I know. really, we've been together for nine years. So yeah, I just see. But I was too embarrassed to even correct myself. So I just <laughs> went with it. And now they think that we've been married or that we've been together for only eight I, years. It I happens. don't know. So I feel like the longer we go, the more I miss the dates. And then when we get up to like the 25 to 30, then I'm going to be like, it's 30. It's 31. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like once you really get up there, then you really start counting. But I'm like, oh, I doubt it. I'm not early. going to be. I don't know. If, if I've lost track this far, there's no hope for me at 20 You're years, 30 right. years. I'm probably the same. You're probably <laughs> right. Okay. So, right. So we were married in 2012. The same month, actually, it became uh, legal to get gay married in New York, which is where I live. Wow. I live in New York City. And we had already had talks about kids. Like, this is kind of what you do when you're queer. Like, you start thinking, when you realize you're queer, you start thinking, okay, well, shh, can I swear? You can swear all Absolutely. you want. Okay. 
okay, well, shit, I know I'm queer. So now I have to figure out how am I going to do this? How am I going to have this baby? Like you start thinking about that way yeah. early, right? When you realize, all right, well, I, there, I'm, I'm going to need some help here. Anyway, so we started talking about baby making really early on. And the story was always basically what we agreed on was I would be the one to carry because I'm younger. She's seven years older than me. Um, oh, okay. And I met her when I was 30. So, you know, uh, the, we always thought, okay, I'll, I'll be the one to carry. Um, we can't afford reciprocal IVF. So mm. we're mm-hmm. most likely going to use my eggs. And we just, and we weren't sure about a, a anonymous sperm donor at a bank or if we wanted to use a known donor that was kind of an up in the air. Then we got married. Um, my career, I used to be in musical theater. So I used to travel a lot. I used to tour. So uh, my career was kind of going and going and going. So after we got married, all of a sudden, my wife, when we were like at a bar having beers, like any self-respecting lesbians do, um, she turned to me and she was like, you know what? I think I want to carry. And I was like, excuse me? Excuse me? No, 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 no. That's not the plan. The plan is I'm carrying. (laughs) This is this like she threw me for a whole crazy loop. I was not expecting it. And that's something that can happen in our families, right? So then we had to really go back to the drawing board because I really, really, really wanted to experience pregnancy. I really also wanted to have a child that had a genetic tie to me, Mm -hmm. um, which sounds selfish. um, And some folks don't care about the genetic tie. Uh, At that moment in time, like in that place where I was in, it really mattered to me for some reason. Now I realize how little it matters at all because I have two kids. And but then I felt like it was just it meant the world to me. So, okay, fine. If you're going to carry, then we're having two. Right. And that was never really the plan. We were going to like at least just do one. Right. But now we're having two off the like from the get go. We're having two for sure. Wait, I have a question. Did you always want to have kids when mm-hmm. you were, even when you started your relationship with Anne, you're like, yeah, this was a, from the get go, you're like, yes, we're having kids. Yes, I did. I always knew I wanted to experience pregnancy. I always knew I wanted to have a child of my own. And even when I realized I was queer, I knew there were ways to make it happen. You know, I had friends. Right. Who had done it? Okay. So I had some. I had some representation of it in my life. So it was never out an out option for me. My wife, on the other hand, mm. uh, didn't think it was an option for her. When I first met mm. her, she was like, "No, I don't think that that's really in the cards for me because I'm oh, a lesbian, okay. right?" And then we talked as we talked it through. We realized, "Oh, this is something we can do." And we had friends who were literally doing it in real time, like when we were trying to figure it out. So can you also just do a little 30 second elevator pitch on reciprocal IVF and what oh, that, what that yeah. term means? Cause I'm not sure we've like, oh, right. you know, it's something that maybe I'm not people sure already know, but I'm not sure yet. if we've like specifically mm-hmm. talked about it. Um, Cause it's unique to lesbian couples, correct? It is. Yeah. yeah. True. yeah. To so, two bodies that contain uteri, mm-hmm. uteruses, uteri. Yes. Um, yeah. So basically you take that, eggs from one person, one uterus, and then you tra- um, you transfer them into the uterus of the other person. So after they're after they're after, fertilized. So you make an embryo. And you right, make so the you embryos do, and yeah. So you basically yes. do IVF like y'all do for surrogacy, right? You Correct. get the eggs, yeah, yeah, yeah. you um, fertilize them. But instead of putting them, it's kind of the same as surrogacy in a way, but it's not we're not surrogates, right? It's one of you is an egg same. donor. Yeah. One of you is, ends up being the gestational carrier, right? Essentially, and that's always an issue with folks who do um, RIVF, because, reciprocal IVF, because mm-hmm. like we're going in because we're we ha- we're two bodies with uteruses, but we want to create our baby together. Um, mm-hmm. But they treat us some some of these um, clinics because all the forms and all the things are not really inclusive of LGBTQ folks yeah they the forms we have to fill out and and the folks there treat us as if we are going through a surrogacy and so Mm. you have to go through the the therapy you know there's the therapy like a um, psyche valve things like that so i've i've talked to a lot i didn't do reciprocal ivf but i've talked to a lot of couples who felt really like bent out of shape over the way it was handled at clinics. There still needs to be a lot of work 
yeah. done in these spaces to be truly inclusive of That's our community. Bizarre right. to right. think because, about. Like, like I just interviewed a couple that the the woman whose uh, the the eggs were going into egg that go, was going uh-huh. into had to sign a form saying she was a surrogate. And she was like, "I'm not signing that. I'm not a surrogate. This That's is my not, baby." Yeah. Right. So it's just very it like little nuanced things that really can start to piss you off, you know. A future mom, somebody who's mm-hmm. going to be carrying her baby, and now she has she's having to sign a, a form. To like claim herself as a surrogate, which would right. be like saying, This isn't my child, I'm just carrying it. Right. Which is kind of messed up if you think Not about the it. That's the case. Yeah. Same thing when we were getting married, well, similar thing, uh, or similar feeling. When we were looking at ordering our wedding invites. Oh. Do you remember? Oh, uh, we we're looking up on the websites, and this was in 2018. So it was a few years after um, marriage equality was passed nationally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Like, I don't know, there's still a lot of catching up to do. And of course, we're still there catching up. So when we're looking at these wedding invites, there was only a spot for like um, the bride and groom, bride's name, groom's name. And that's like the form that you have to fill out in order to order your wedding invites. And there was no way around it. And I, I remember tweeting about it. I got so upset. I was, I just blasted them online and I'm like, why is it like this? This is ridiculous. And uh-huh. I got a response from the company. Should I say the company? Am I allowed sure. to? I mean, I don't think. It no. actually they turned into a good thing. Well. It turned into they, a good yeah. thing. They responded, they responded well. well. So it's That's the beauty of having a platform. There you go, right there. It yeah. was super interesting. Yeah. It was because I, I was a dick at first, <laughs> to be honest. I was not coy about it. I was very mad. I made a mm-hmm. YouTube video. It blew the whole thing out. I write. 95% of Matthew's emails when they involve anything that is somewhat, uh, you know. Um, you soften it a bit? I soften it I a bit. Yeah, it a bit. If it's, I get it. Um, if it's conflict, I, mm-hmm. I, you know. I don't mm-hmm. know how to address doesn't. conflict in a nice way. Yeah. yeah. I'm just that. more like, you bitch. Yeah. I'm the softener of the emails in my relationship. I feel you, yeah. Michael. Yes. So I called Shutterfly out and I was like, why is it like this? And they're like, Mm, complicated computer things. We don't know. It's a coding issue. I'm like, y'all got to change that right now. Uh, yeah. Also, Shutterfly is a Canadian company and Canada legalized uh, gay marriage in 2013. Right. Oh, this is 2000. 20, was it wasn't 20, it? Or 2003. Wait. It was 2003 or 2005, three I believe. Oh, maybe it's One earlier. Those, but Somebody can regardless. fact check me. Maybe I can fact check myself. Yeah. Anyways, the, you know, it's like, it's been legal for a long time in Canada. How has this not been brought it's up crazy. before? But they changed it's, it. But they, they changed did. it like immediately. Like wow. within months. Good job. It was amazing. Good People job, were fellas. retweeting. There was all yeah. that stuff going on. People were oh. angry. But wait, there's more. Uh-oh. So then we got frustrated and we were like, well, we're going to go and we're going to go over to Minted because uh-huh. they hadn't changed it yet. Mm-hmm. And in Minted, it was like person one, person two or something. Mm-hmm. It was like. You know, yeah, it was it was more whatever inclusive. But wait, we Uh-oh. get the box of save the dates oh, no. in the mail. Save the dates are um us two, two obvious men, males. A picture of two men on the yeah. front, and right? It says Michael it, and Matt. We pop it open and it says a gift for the bride. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's like oh fifty dollars to like for like the invites or whatever. Like to like, we were like bridal. Yeah. And if you know Minted, there's always like a card that's like literally signed by somebody who like packaged your box. And it's like packaged by Laura and she like uh, signs her name or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And we were like, oh, come on. Like, really? Did you not? Did you not look at the picture? I mean, it's so anyways, really. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, so I, t- I, t- I tweeted that and then Minted contacted me and then they're like, we're doing an internal review and we're fixing this and we're not going to have oversights over um, misgendering people. Good job. Look at, look at what you did. Same-sex marriage became legal in Ontario in 2003. Uh, wow. And it was already yeah, so. legalized in eight of the ten provinces and one of three territories. On July 20th, 2005, Canada became the first country outside Europe and the fourth country in the world to legalize same-sex marriage. So you're right, 2005. And this is 2017. All right, like Canada. You can't beforehand. just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. So it was like 12 Canada. years where nobody mm-hmm. brought yeah. this up, I guess, in a significant way. Anyway, that was a <laughs> tangent. It was a well, tangent. But these are the things. These are the things, and these are why, like, your platform is so, so important. I, I say this way too much, but it's true. Like, this is why podcasts like ours are so important, right? Because 
there's no knowledge out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. and change doesn't happen without discussion, discourse, representation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Visibility. Right. So yeah. So um, I, so reciprocal yeah. Reciprocal so, IVF. You're treated as a surrogate. So we knew we couldn't do reciprocal IVF, but in the end, like. <laughs> Uh, just to give you a little precursor, we ended up spending so much more money to make mm. our family anyway uh. because of all the issues that came up. But um, and IVF, it's basically reciprocal IVF is just doing an IVF cycle, except yeah, yeah, you yeah. switch bodies in the okay. middle, right? So um, it's expensive. It starts at at least fifteen thousand dollars, fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then it goes up from there. And then the other wrench it through in our pl- the original plan was not only now are we having two kids because she wants to carry two. We have to start right now because she was 37 at the time. So that means mm. she's going first and the we're starting right now. Right. And yeah. that was oh not, gosh. I was like, I have at least like five more years to get, to keep continuing with my career. It was, right. was popping. I was like living the life, but no, nope. I had, we had to like, we had to change course. So we, you know, go into it basically did what our friends before us did. We found a clinic that our friend had used. I call it um, LGBTQ drafting. Like you just do what your friends did before. <laughs> you know, yeah. we oh, I feel that <laughs> like a bunch of our friends had our lesbian friends had used a sperm bank, uh, anonymous sperm. And we were like, all right, we're going to do that. We're going to do the anonymous anonymous sperm route. Um, so we went shopping on the cryobank website, which <laughs> yeah. gets into crazy town because then it becomes like the search for Superman because you start ruling people out because crazy weird stuff. Like we o- overruled someone because he had acne as a teenager, like silly, oh silly stuff. But like, who doesn't have acne as a teenager? But I was I like, know. no, 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 we can't choose this guy. Look at, look at acne. <laughs> Yeah, so right. Ridiculous. So meanwhile, dumb. it's like I'm just gonna ignore all of the <laughs> I carry along with me. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like if I was using her genetic, if it, if it was my genetics, we if got like flipped. depression, suicidal, like alcoholism. Like right. that's fine. We're cool with that. But this guy, no acne, no acne. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So whatever. But it. yeah, you I get, get crazy. And then we toyed with the idea of using a known donor for a second. We even had a guy, my like a really close friend in mind. We came so close to asking him, and we decided not to in the end because we didn't want to complicate it even more. Because we knew if we did that, then you need to get a lawyer, you need to draft up all the papers, mm. you need to make sure that you are one hundred percent protected with this extra person in the family. And then he comes with a whole family who might want to be involved too. And like, how do we feel about that? Like there's a lot of uh, extra things to think yeah. through, right? When you're, when you're adding a, a known donor into the, oh into my God, the picture. Yeah. And a lot of people do it and it's beautiful and it ends up wonderfully. And oh my God, I'm like jealous of the way some of these beautiful, huge families turn out. But mm-hmm. I have also interviewed folks who it went south real bad. So. Um, yeah, I think we struggled with that quite a bit too and the thoughts of like wanting to so badly involve someone in the family in the process and then at the same time it comes with all of these big questions right uh, right and if you have if you have the capacity to figure out all those questions Mm -hmm. and you do you do it, it it can be beautiful it can be so amazing like Right. Some of the like, like I said, like I've spoken to so many people who have these amazing, amazing family setups. Um, it just wasn't for us. So we find we found our sperm. We bought a bunch of vials because you definitely want to buy, you know, more than just one because you don't know how long it's going to take. And, how much uh, does a vi- I don't even know how much does like a vial of sperm well, cost? Back, like, what do you back then? A vial, and we chose a donor, an open donor open ID donor. So that means when the child turns 18, they can try to contact him. There's closed donors where they're like, I want no contact. Like I just gave my sperm. That's it. And there's open donors. So we chose an open one, but you pay more for that. uh, Of course. Mm, Sure. (laughs) Cause why wouldn't they charge you for something like that? Yeah. 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 And back then, and this was in like 2012, uh, vial was going for like $750. One vial. Yeah. Yeah. So how many do do they recommend you buy? It, it, it all depends. Like I recommend now after listening to so many stories and knowing my own personal story, 
I recommend starting with like six at least because you can wow. always sell them back. I'm just thinking but of Harry can. Potter I didn't and he's like, well, take the yeah. lot. Oh, that makes sense. You can sell them back. It, it's not as like long you're as you, going to a like, counter and being like, yes, I'll have seven, please. And then they'll <laughs> hand over seven vials. They stay in the cryo well, freeze chamber. Depending, <laughs> depending. So if you like, <laughs> it's so much like you have to pay for shipping, right? <gasps> so you're like, you have to pay for shipping and then you have to pay for storage wherever it's going to be stored right? So you can keep it all in storage at the cryobank, but you pay for that. And then you can ship one vial at a time per cycle to your bank. I Mm. mean, to your clinic or wherever it's going, but you're paying for shipping and the, the storage for that. Right. Or you could ship it all at once, but then you have to pay to store it at your clinic. It seems like it would just make more sense for somebody to volunteer and be like, yes, I'll be a sperm donor. I volunteer as tribute. And then when you want it, you just fly them to the clinic. Right. And then I, they, the sperm, that sounds expensive too. But the yeah, sperm but, has to go through six months of quarantine and testing at these banks. Whoa. Yeah, it's whoa. like a whole thing. Yeah, there's what? that. And some wow. folks are really don't like that. Like um, that is news to me. Yeah, which, which is, is like, oh, I didn't know that. As soon as we did our oh thing, gosh, they're like, okay, so we much. can use this. Right. Well, because it's uh, oh wait, yeah. no, they did genetic testing first. They, they ch- genetically tested uh, ours. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's different. That's because you're doing. Um, IVF, own own. you did yeah. like the PGA testing and stuff like that. Right, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's that was optional for us. Like once the embryos are done, got but it. Like, right. Okay. They do all this like they need to make sure there's no STDs in the sperm and like uh, yeah. I don't. They do all kinds of. T- it's because probably because it's federally regulated, so they have to do all this testing before they release it to sell it. It's like a business thing. Which is why a lot of people would rather use a known donor because you don't have to do all that crazy rigmarole. Like if you know the person, then you take their sperm and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, my wife ended up getting pregnant after five tries. We had to switch to IVF. Um, so IUI was paid for by our insurance, miraculously, which is amazing because wow. a lot of insurances don't cover stuff. for Whoa. Like a lot yeah. of insurances, you have to prove you've been trying for six months. And like, yeah, we've been trying. We're just not making any babies from our trying. Right. You know what I mean? But like, So for Anne, it was, <clears throat> you said five tries? Yeah, so we did. She did like four IUIs, and then mid cycle, the doctor was like, "You know what? Let's switch this up. It's not working. We're running out of sperm. Um, Let's just switch this to IVF because there's a better chance." So we did it, but we didn't realize our insurance didn't pay for IVF. So like the day we go, the day we go for the retrieval where they take the eggs out. They handed us a bill first. They took us into an office and oh, handed no. us like a $15,000 bill. We were like, ah. So Heart that went drops. on the credit card. And then we had to take a loan out to pay for that. So like, yeah. Anyway. So don't oh like, God. And that was like the easy part of our journey. But anyway, so she ended up getting pregnant. Easy pregnancy. No issues. And then we had our daughter nine months later. Wonderful, Amazing. beautiful. And then, um, and then it was my turn. And we wanted them to be like two years apart. So mm-hmm. we started trying when Rose was like nine months old because I was going to get like secretly pregnant and be like, guess what? I'm pregnant. Incognito about yeah, it. Yeah, I was yeah. going to be like super stealth and like, you know, you didn't even know I was trying, but look at us. Just like hair flip. Yeah, yeah. Turn and pregnant. Yes. I had a plan, honey. Um, we had the sperm that from the same donor. We were going to use the same donor. It was going to be beautiful. We started with, we actually started with IVF because actually we only had two vials of his sperm left. Oh, That's what it was. Okay. Right. So we started with me with IVF because my doctor was like, let's just get you pregnant. Let's just do it. Right. And I was like, yeah. And I was He's like, don't bother with the IUI at this point. Like you have two mm. vials left in order yeah. to keep the same donor. Let's just do IVF and make sure that it's right. good. Oh, wow. We went in for it we took out another loan against my wife's retirement thank Mm. god we were privileged enough for my wife to have a retirement to even take out of you know what i mean like there's so many folks who don't even have that we were able to do that we went for the ivf and it didn't work we were like at all like zero embryos are you serious no we um i got so you know how it all plays out so from the uh retrieval the first time I did this, I think I got 17. I was mm-hmm. 35. So I'm the, a geriatric. It's yeah, considered yeah, yeah. a geriatric pregnancy. That's literally what they call it. Oh, my God. Yes. 
Um, because if past 35, you're like, you have dusty eggs, like it's over for you. So (laughs) that started with 17 and then that number dwindled down to 10 and then every day, 10. And then it was like 10 that we can actually fertilize. Right. Then every day it was like, oh, we got eight now. Oh, we have seven. Oh, Oh, we have five. And then I ended up with three. Three, three fully developed embryos. Fully developed embryos that all looked good. I'm trying to, because there are so many different cycles now that I am trying to think through. Oh. That one, they all looked good for. <laughs> we put in two at first and we were like, oh my God, I don't want twins. We were so scared for twins because we oh. were just sure it was going to work. Yeah. Neither one of them took. Such a, such a waste. Oh, oh my then God. he put the second one in, didn't work. So then we I mean, had for context, it's not just putting them in. Right. It's like a <laughs> like whole you have thing. Injections, hormones, yes. right? Yes. Paying yeah. for yeah, all of those medications out well, of pocket each, additionally. Each mm-hmm. transfer costs like a significant amount of money, doesn't I think it now it's like a every at least in our experience, I think every time they go to transfer it's five or six thousand yeah. dollars more. Yeah. Additional right. from like the right. already large mm-hmm. down payment that you put down on the whole process. So it's it's kind of like you pay for the whole process, and then it's like if you have additional transfers, those are going to be five or six thousand dollars a piece, casual plus the additional medications and all that. Right. So I think our initial charge was twelve thousand at the clinic just to to start us off. And this was like ten years ago. Yeah. Oh okay. No, this was yeah. This was like seven years ago. Seven, seven or, years ago. Seven Got or eight it. years ago. Right. It's like not. So. It's like significant. It's not. Right. It's right. Not just. And, oops! It didn't work. It's yeah. like. Right. Uh, and we've already spent thousands of dollars on sperm and storage. Right. Yeah. Then okay. So then they put the other one in. It doesn't take. So then we're like we're out of sperm. And we're out of money. Um, what are we going to do? So we went to the, the, the sperm bank. The bank had retired him. That's what they call it. When, mm-hmm. when enough families have been made by a certain donor, they retire them. However, there was this, that, a clause that if a family who already has a child by a donor wants to ask him to come out of retirement, the clinic will ask for you. And he will come back in, give you some vials, <laughs> and you just have to agree to buy all the vials. It's just this very Tom Brady situation. Yeah. It's like we were we retired, but then like somebody yeah, was like, right. "I have a lot of money for you," mm-hmm. and then he like came back, and then he like squid That's again, and it's just like what happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they we need the out. Tom Brady to come back into the sperm bank to <laughs> yeah. give yeah. another round. All right, Tom Brady, you're you're coming back. We need another this ring. Coming out of retirement. We were like, "Come on, Tom, come here, Tom." This might that might have been the straightest reference I've ever made in my life. I didn't wasn't even sure if I knew who Tom Brady was. And then oh I was my like, god, oh, it's a whole guy. thing. Football game. It's a whole thing. He said yes. We were like, now we know he really is a good guy. We picked the right guy. You know what I mean? Oh, like it's so yeah. funny the things you think. We've never spoken to this man. But then you have to wait because they have to quarantine the sperm. So then it was a six you're all, we're in the process and you know what it's like when you're in the process and yeah. having to stop. So now we have to oh wait god, six yeah. months for the sperm we have to see how much he gets and then we have to like buy it up which we didn't we didn't buy it all up but the clinic didn't seem to pay attention we bought a bunch but we didn't buy it all anyway so waited all that time and then started again and the do- our same doctor was like you know what IVF didn't work let's just go to IUI with uh, with like wow. fertility drugs so at this point I've been on fertility drug like I'm just like a fertility drug body <laughs> this is what I am right uh, it's what like does a that mess do to your like I mean does it yeah, mess with just like all of your emotions and what just like made me crazy right? my wife my wife is also my wife like doesn't feel pain like the rest of us do my wife is like just a very dry human and like no it is what it is I'm a right you know what I mean and like Right. Yeah, yeah, Queens, yeah. So I always do this accent, but she doesn't talk like that at all. But <laughs> she, so like she didn't feel a, a thing when she was on her fertility drugs. Me, I was like, oh. I don't know. I'm crying. I'm a mess. Oh. <laughs> it was a mess. I was bloated. It was bad. Do you remember how many days you would have to take the medication injections up until the transfer? So it's basically like you take like you start. Oh God, it's been a while, but you start taking them on like day two of your cycle and then you take them all the way up to your follicles. That's what they call the eggs. Are like ripe and ready yeah. for the taking, right? And these yeah. drugs help to pump up the eggs. So you get extra, extra eggs. That's the yeah, whole point yeah, yeah. of it. So your ovaries are like overstimulated and like full as of as many eggs as they can get, basically. 
Wow. Um, and you're giving yourself shots like throughout all the way up to until ovulation. So like 15 days. And it's everyday injections. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's pills. Like there's all kinds of stuff. And then there's the thing you have to insert. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. You don't need to know everything. But like. <laughs> I'm like, I'm curious. Yeah. No, tell me. <laughs> you have to have, like, there's these like suppository things that help with progesterone. It's a thing. It's a thing. I'm like oh, nursing wow. background. Yes. Suppository oh. queen here. Ready right. to go. Not Those are my butt. favorite things to do in <laughs> nursing. One of my favorite things. Suppositories? Because it's so easy. Yeah. I mean, okay. you just have someone bend over. You take oh. the pill, put a little lube on your finger and you're like oh and then these ones these ones didn't go in the butt though they go in the other oh for the you know because it's the lady part i've never done one of those the the vagina (laughs) (laughs) sorry he's like yeah those are my favorite (laughs) i'm thinking suppository you just put it right up the anus like no these don't go in the butt different different one matthew (laughs) different holes we're trying to get to the uterus um but That might have been a malpractice. <laughs> that was just situation. Uh, no, that was the wow. Everything. Matthew's like, yeah, everything. I put the suppository in. They're like, which, where, <laughs> yeah, which part? <laughs> My butt's a little yeasty. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Just, we're going south. Okay. Wow. All right. So then we switch to IUI. We have a bunch of vials. So many vials. We spent so much money on sperm. I can't even tell you. Um. And we're doing IUI after IUI after IUI after I. I did probably at least twenty IUIs, at oh least. My God. That's. Do you wait until like a certain point in the cycle every month to do this IUI? So it's kind of like you, you, you did this for over a year. I well, trying, this trying, was trying, I. Trying. It took me. It took me almost three years. So it was oh three years God. of trying to get pregnant. While I had like a toddler at home and like, yeah, to try to end this long ass story that nobody needs to hear the whole thing of. <laughs> Finally, I, I always felt like this is, I always, I, I talk about this because I always say you need to trust your gut, especially in this process when you're trying to create right. a family. Trust your gut. I always felt slightly off about our fertility doctor. I mm. never felt like he was right for me. He was great for oh. Anne wasn't right for me. It wasn't a good fit. So finally, after like, oh, I did, we did another IVF cycle that failed. Finally, oh after all of that, like two and a half years worth, three years worth of, of all of these, this trying, I said, you know what? Cause the doctor kept saying, I look at this like a scientist. And if something's not working, you switch the formula. And he kept saying, so he was like, maybe we need to use an egg donor for you. Maybe we, and I was like, that's not the plan. I know I can carry a child. I know, I don't know why it's not. And they had no explanation for it. It was unexplained infertility. They couldn't Mm -hmm. figure it out because everything was working fine. So, and he kept saying, we changed the formula. How about an egg donor? And I was like, no. And then finally I was home one night and I was like, switch the formula. I'm getting a new doctor. That's you're oh. you're the one that's going. You're going. Yeah. Duh. You see this equation? Well, yeah. Duh. <laughs> you're so gonna I, be the one that changes. Yeah. yeah. So I we took a break. I got this book called It Starts with the Egg, and it's all about the health mm-hmm. of your basically um, your eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started taking like all these supplements that were listed in this book. I got rid of like toxins in my house. Like I went a little crazy. Started mm-hmm. acupuncture, fertility acupuncture. Oh, I just wow. took things into my own hands. I stopped listening to other people and I just started like figuring it out on my own. I found a different clinic, a much bigger clinic. So it didn't feel so personal because the other one was really small. And like every time I went in there, I felt like such a failure and they would look at me so sad. So I found this place that was like a factory and that felt so much more refreshing for me personally. Interesting. Yeah. Right. And some people hate that feeling. But I was like, oh my God, nobody knows who I am. This is amazing. Switched it up. Yeah. Went to this new place where the nurses do the insemination. Like I only met the doctor one time. And when I went to her, my file, she printed out my file and it was like (gasps) a stack of papers. I'm like, you can't see it if you're not watching the video, but it's bigger than my head. And she was like, I have never seen a file like this. This is crazy. And I was like, I know. (laughs) And so she was like, all right, we're going to get you pregnant. Went in for one IUI. That one didn't work. And then I got pregnant on the second one. Holy moly. Just an IUI. Mm -hmm. After all of that. What do you think they, like, do you 
Was there something that they did differently or like that something that you noticed? That- I think it was, I honestly think like I did start taking these supplements. I don't know if they had anything to do with it. I did start doing acupuncture. I took a break. I took like a mental health break where I was doing all yeah. these things to kind of help prepare my body better and possibly get my eggs into better health. Even if that, I don't know. I just followed what the book said. And I felt this like, wave of relief at this new place mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that had something to do with it like i i mean there's felt, a, yeah a lot to say about stress hormones and how mm-hmm. that can affect like you know mm-hmm. getting pregnant and that's scientific yeah. there's yeah it's not magic juju it's yeah. it's a uh, it's real stuff so yeah so like it it was a real crazy harrowing journey um but in the end i trusted my gut and and then i ended up getting pregnant what did that feel like after only having to do it twice at this like new place? Surreal. Like I didn't believe right? it. Like I didn't really believe it. I, it didn't really set in. I don't think it ever really set in until he was like in my arms. And then yeah. I was like, oh, wow. wow, we, we did this. You know, I didn't cry. I didn't like make a big to do about it. My wife was making a big to do about it when we found out. And I was like, Oh, okay. I think I was in shock. Like mm-hmm. no way after all of this, it's finally, you know what I mean? Like, I guess I was just kind of in like survival mode, just go, mm-hmm. go, go. I don't know. It it was weird. It was surreal. Miscarriage is something that is like relatively prevalent, even though, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we don't talk about it as much. I think it's being talked about a lot more, mm-hmm. but I think it's like a quarter maybe. Oh, yes. Yeah. Somewhat, so many right? Thirds. A quarter to a third of all pregnancies, yeah. right? So did that ever cross your mind too? Because that is... Like in the future, like even if or after we have a successful embryo transfer, I'm still holding my breath. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We didn't tell anyone until, you know, we passed the first trimester. We kept it a secret just in case. And I do think like I I think I remember thinking if I miscarry, I don't know if I'm going to make it through. Like (laughs) after all of this, we're so lucky neither one of us had a miscarriage for either pregnancy. So we're lucky. It takes um, so much strength and determination to carry through yeah. three a pregnancy. Years. Yeah. After all of that. IUIs. All of that investment. It was and, and then, thousands. then like and I say this all the time too. Like once the baby's here, you don't rem- it's like it's like this distant memory now. Yeah. I know I was in it. I know I was going through it. But I can't get myself back to that state. Do you know? Yeah. Like it's like there's yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have I'm still kid. trying to comprehend that feeling right. or that thought because I'm not. We're not there yet. We don't have. Exactly. I don't know what it's like to hold my own baby, and right. so to think about like you know because I've heard that so many times from parents of, um, yeah, once you hold your baby, nothing else matters. Yeah. I'm like, huh? Well, it's <laughs> that. You, you don't have it. You don't have time. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you don't have time to think about is. anything else. <laughs> it's yeah. It is that. It's that magic of like, oh my god, I love you so much, and it's also. You have no time. Like you don't have time for space anymore. Yeah. And this was my second kid too. So I'm adding a kid to the mix. There was I had no time to contemplate shit at that yeah. point. Like <laughs> it is just now you're like mom, mom central, and that's all you do. And you can't think about I think, stuff. I think the the I mean, this is not to equate these two experiences, but I sometimes but, feel but. that um sort of similar thought process of like before you were out like as and I think this is not the case for a lot of people or maybe some people but it's hard for me to put myself back in the mindset of when I was in the closet or like when I was still like Mm. quote unquote straight yeah and like what that felt like and and like Mm -hmm. kind of what that experience was and I think it was like after coming out it was like this this whole new world life change that it's difficult and to now comprehend what life was like before and it's mm-hmm. like so normal now and we have so many gay friends and like we're in this very like queer friendly city and i don't know we're like talking about it all the time you know right. and and oh my god just, and then we go out of town sometimes and then we're like and then we're hit with it oh, like right ooh. yeah you forget That's yeah what the world looks like right. oh i'm going back Straight. to the city <laughs> Culture. Yeah, I yeah, oh. I don't think that's a that's a bad analogy. That's um, it's just yeah, yeah. You're in this you're world, in and you kind world. of forget about. Yep. But I don't know. 
I I think it's completely different with kids, but I mean, just something in my brain for kids. They're assholes. I'm just gonna lay it on the line. (laughs) (laughs) I love them to death, but they're such assholes. But it'll be my asshole. Yeah, but they're your assholes. So nobody's allowed to say anything bad about them to you. But you can think whatever you want in any given moment about your little asshole. But, and I know you guys want to get into the podcast, so I will just say, I will segue for you. <gasps> Thank you. Oh, wow. Oh, my <laughs> okay. gosh. I love How that. Did, yes. That Ooh, well, because, magic. Reading my brain. These two stories go together. So okay. my oh, let's do it. struggle with getting pregnant is the whole reason this podcast came about. Right. Because when I was going through it and when I was really having a hard time, I started, you know, you feel lonely. I was, yeah. um, I, I, and so I, and I wanted to hear from other folks who were going through us like a very similar experience to my own. Right. So I wanted Holy to crap. Hear, I just had an epiphany to know you're not alone. It was right. like literally why we started our podcast. Exactly. No. <laughs> Matthew's yeah. had that. Epi- I've had that. I've known that for a long time. <laughs> like, right, oh my God, but, that sounds like me. No, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's the same, right? Because there's yeah. nothing out there. So, right. I'm doing this seven years ago and there yeah. was nothing. And I had just discovered podcasts seven years ago sure. and I was like well surely somebody has done a podcast about lesbians creating babies there's a podcast about everything right nope wasn't nope. there wasn't and I Those found a bunch so of fertility amazing. podcasts but they were all straight they were all heteronormative and so many times really? they would bring in like the perspective of the husband and how upset he is at even having to go to a fertility clinic to get help and like I don't give a yeah. f- how upset your goddamn husband was I don't care like we're going yeah. through this because we know we're already going to need help. So it's a totally different experience than you. And I don't want to hear about your husband whining. I'm sorry. I don't care. Right. So like, mm-hmm. and then they would like inevitably turn it to like Jesus Christ and their faith in Jesus. It was always turning to Jesus <laughs> and using you know, science, but trusting like, in Jesus. Right. Like <laughs> if, the, uh, f- cool. if you put your faith in Jesus, like really hold on to your faith. It will happen. For you. I don't want to hear that either. No shame. On a no fertility shade. podcast. Yes. And no shade to the folks that that really resonates with but that does not resonate with me so i was like stop talking about jesus stop talking about your husbands this is not and i would find like one lesbian story in the midst of 20 episodes you know that's just yeah. interesting and then it was always told from like the straight point of view and i was like why is there nothing out there for just us like this applicable. is applicable it's not crazy applicable. yeah there were no, there were no books. There were no, you know, like you had to like search through straight books to find the one queer story in them, you know? So I was like, well, somebody needs to create this podcast. And I kept thinking that while I was going through the infertility, after I got pregnant, when I was still pregnant, the the thought just kept like, well, somebody needs to create that. Somebody needs to create that show. Somebody needs, and then finally I was like seven months pregnant or six months pregnant and I thought, oh, shit, I have to create it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> like, okay, well, shit. Well, how it am I going to do that? Be... I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make a podcast. I barely even know mm-hmm. what a podcast is. So I went to, like, the one friend I knew who was also an actress. And by friend, I mean, like, acquaintance. Like, I would see her mm-hmm. once a year at the Pride oh, wow. family picnic. She's a gay mom. And she was, like, in the group of friends, but not, like, one of the close ones in the group. Right. You know what I mean? So I'd see Got her, it. like, at Pride every year with her kids. And I knew she was an actress. I knew she had some experience with podcasts. She worked at Spotify. So at oh, the Pride cool. family picnic dating, one year, yeah. I was like, hey... <laughs> I have this idea for a podcast. You want to do it with me? And all of our lesbian mom friends were there when I asked. And she was like, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. And all the lesbian mom friends were like, hell yes, that's a great idea. And we'll be on it. So we were like, all right, we already have our first season. Like literally, (laughs) Which is all our friends, right? And um, so we started the show. But the show was, we originally called it If These Ovaries Could Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a play. I know y'all don't know the movie because I'm older than you, but there was this, this, there was this like made for TV movie in the nineties called if these walls could talk. We were like, Oh my God, if these ovaries could talk, it's like a play on gay things. Right. So we did that because we were gay moms, cisgendered lesbian moms. And all of our friends who we knew we were coming on for the first season, we were like, all right, well, we're telling le- the lesbian stories. Right. Totally. So we yeah. started the show. I just thought we were just going to have a season and be done with it, like a cute little passion project. 
but it took off because mm-hmm. I wasn't the only one feeling alone. People started writing in. People started saying, oh, my God, I want to tell my story. And then we started hearing from not just lesbians, trans folks, gay guys like yourselves, yeah. like non-binary. Like we just started hearing from our all the community. And then we started telling all the stories, right? Season after season goes by and goes by. And we were nine seasons in. And then my co-host Robin decided she had to step away because we never really made money doing it. Like... <laughs> We, I think that's maybe yeah. a misconception of podcasts, right? People are like, oh, everybody yeah. has a podcast. It must be like so lucrative. It's like, no, yeah. they're like kind of just passion projects. Yeah. And if <laughs> you you're know, lucky, if you're lucky, if and you're I'm lucky. still hoping yeah. it's going to get there, right? Yeah. But it's still, yeah. I'm still, I'm still working my butt off for very little, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And I she had that. to like do what was right for her family and step down. So she did. Mm. She had to go. It was very hard. It was very terrible. It was a hard breakup and and then but then like I saw the opportunity in that because I had been hearing from like mainly like my trans friends and like the trans community that I would interview that the name of the show was off-putting because especially like with the trans experience you don't want to talk about body parts you don't want to talk about your ovaries if you have them or if you don't have them you know what I mean like we like to take it off the body and so it was very off-putting for a huge portion of our community. So I rebranded and I made it the Queer Family Podcast to include and encompass everyone. And it's been my mission since then. Now we're in season 13 to like make sure I'm represent, doing my best to represent everyone in the uh, the L's, the G's, the B's, the T's, the Q's, the I's, the A's. I see it as a glow up. It's a glow up. You didn't know that it was going to turn into that. I, I mean, no, yeah, I love that. You, it's like the you know, evolution you, of it. You were taking your experience mm-hmm. and like, you're like, I just want to, I know how to tell my experience. It wasn't yeah. like intended to be no. exclusional. I think it was like, I want to, I can talk about what I know about and I don't, you know. So but then, then it grew. It but grew. Yeah, it yeah. grew. It became grew. more no. inclusive. And then it was like, now yeah. it's time for a rebrand. I yeah, and it happened, and like we were two white cisgender lesbians putting on a show, right, right, right. and now it's like, and then I tr- I brought in a different guest co-host for one season. It didn't end up working out, but just to bring different perspective to the hosting table. Mm-hmm. E was black. Sometimes and I think about doing that with ours too. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you gotta be careful. Uh oh, uh oh. Oh, he says. He says, looking at the person who conceptualized this podcast. Uh oh, don't get in that argument. <laughs> don't get in that argument. I went down that road a couple times. We're about to have a breakup here at the oh Who's God, Your Daddy podcast it. in season one. I have been through two host breakups. I do not recommend it. It is very hard, especially I'm if you're married awful. to them. <laughs> yeah, right. And trying to it. have a baby. And trying to have a yeah. baby with them. Let's just get through that. No. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, yeah. And then cut to like seven months ago when I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's there's a lot of stuff out there that people don't know. Yep. And the only long form that I could see myself doing and like using as some sort of educational um, medium is podcasting. And mm-hmm. so then I'm like, duh, 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 who's doing it? Mm-hmm. Just Jamie. <laughs> like still, you know, it was know. like, it was you. It was you. And because you bring a totally different perspective to this situation, yeah. right? You're two gay guys. You know what I mean? So you bring that perspective to the hosting table. And I think that there's room yeah. for all of us. Um, oh, for sure. To just, because there's so many stories. And as you have probably learned, no two stories when it comes to queer family building are alike not a single one even when you go the same exact path they're so so different i mean here's a call out literally if you're listening to this podcast episode like and you haven't been on it yet send an email to jamie (laughs) send an email to us like we want send the same email to both of us and we want to hear your stories because honestly like that is representation hearing a bit of your story and and your path to parenthood or, or whatever whatever it is that you're struggling with or trying to figure out mm-hmm. uh, in the LGBTQ plus world. It's like, yeah, we want to hear that. When we've learned yeah. so much and we've like, we're not even halfway through our season. Right. Just talking to people, interviewing people, hearing their stories, like, and it's informing us yeah. as we're going through like the beginning of our, of our journey. It's been like incredibly helpful for us and educational for us. And just to like sit here, talk about it, hear 
complications, like things that you could mentally prepare for, costs you need to mentally prepare for, emotions you need to pre- like mentally prepare for, all the things. So yeah, you started this podcast, you've done the whole rebrand, here you are with your family, but I think there was something else that nobody knows about that you wanted to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and I can talk about this because my family knows, my kids know, like that's the main thing, like when it comes right. to this stuff. So it has to do with our donor. So as I mentioned, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Our families, like we really like, there's so many things. Oh my God. <laughs> so I mentioned that we got an open ID donor, meaning he is open to being contacted when the kids turn 18. And I want to say, I never really thought much about the donor at all. I was not ever, I had, I grew up with my dad. Except his acne. Right. Except his acne. Like I thought about <laughs> like what I wanted them yeah, to yeah, have. Yeah. Right. But like in regards to like the relationship or the thoughts that the kids would have about the donor, I didn't give it enough thought. Not going to lie. Like oh. I've learned a lot since then. And I think it's, because of my own upbringing. I grew up with my dad. I just was never like particularly close with my dad. Like my mom was everything to me. And so Mm. I guess in my brain, I was like, they're going to have two moms. Like they'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like never thinking that my kids would miss the fact that they didn't have a dad. That was naive on my part and stupid, right? Because you never know what human is going to come out of you, right? And you never know who knows? And and I've learned from a lot of donor conceived people, no matter how open you are and honest about the donor, and we are in queer families, we are, we are so open and honest and upfront. And my children have known their origin story since they were born. They've been, we've been telling Mm -hmm. it to them forever. Right. So there's no like mystery there and they're not going to find out later in life something that they didn't know. That's not an issue. Right. However, you can't control how your child is going to deal with that. Most kids studies show that as long as you're open and honest and upfront, most kids are like well-adjusted about it as they grow, but you you can't guarantee that. Right. So there's that. I want to put that out there. And I do understand that. Um, And I was naive and I didn't think too much about that. That's not where I'm going to go here. Here's what happened recently. So you can go on the donor sibling registry, which is where you can go and say, we have a child with donor, blah, 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 blah. And then it'll show you um, whoever has also registered at this site will show you all the other families that Mm -hmm. have a child or children with that particular donor. So we did that. We found two other families. And a lot of folks, what I learned on the show is a lot of folks will make like a private Facebook group for the donors if you want to get to know them for the donor families. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which a lot of people did. At first, we were like, no way. And then I talked to so many people on the show and I thought, okay, actually, it could be great you know, for them to have these donor siblings and know that this part of their genetics is there in the world. And Mm -hmm. if there's something we can know, why wouldn't we want to know it? Right. So, so we made this private Facebook group. There's only two other families in it. I haven't found any other families. Then recently I got a DM from one of the moms um, and she was like, Hey, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. My kids know about it. That's why I feel okay sharing it, but not sure um, how, uh, how to tell you this, but I actually know our donor personally. He was, I think she oh. said he was actually a friend of ours. So he's kind of a known donor to us. We just knew that he was also a sperm donor and we knew his number or something like that. So they've known him forever? I guess. Like ever it since. It wasn't the like kids... my daughter turned 18 and now. No, 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 no. Because our kids him, are all, like... our kids are the same age. Young. Oh, and my wow. kids are nine and I five. Guess. So, and then I I sat with it for a little bit and I was like, oh my God, okay, oh my God. And then I was like, I have this, po- does this woman know I have a podcast? Is like, what, what, it like, wh- how much does she know about me? Like, what's right, the, yeah. so I just wrote back, Mine starts hey. spinning. Yeah, my mind just started going all over the 3 place. 3 a.m., waking up. Yeah, so <laughs> wow. I just wrote back like, hey, did you, just wondering, do you know I have a podcast about queer families? And she was like, I do. I'm a listener. I love it. And that's why I felt like I could reach out. And she's very sweet. I'm not saying anything bad about this mother at all. Like very sweet, very lovely. But I I took forever to respond every time. So this is an explanation to you, Samantha. (laughs) Like, because I was sitting with it, like, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this. Right. Right. And then I get another DM and she sent me a picture of him with her kid. And he's an adult, like him now. 
And oh I've only God. seen baby oh, pictures. You only get to see oh. the baby pictures of the of the donor. You don't get to yeah. see real human yeah. pictures of them. Yeah. That uh-huh. is so bizarre. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Now I know what he looks like. Now I have his picture. <sighs> and she was like, and he said he's open to like being contacted if you want his email. No problem. And I'm like, oh. <gasps> I was not. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I was not. This was not. I'm Block. not ready for this. <laughs> right? I have a question. Mm-hmm. If you're doing like an open egg donation and you're not going to meet the person, you're not going to know the person, like whatever. We always have to. Our contract is states like we have to go through the agency mm-hmm. in order to da, da, contact da, 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 them. Right. Is that something that you also had to do like is there not to i don't want to get anybody in trouble but like is there something written that you have to go through the agency yes if it will if we were trying to make the contact yes if Uh, you were trying to okay but this woman just told me he (laughs) he's fine with me giving your email his email address if you want to i sat down with Anne. we had a discussion about it and she was like oh no i don't want to know this person and i was like i think we should probably so then we agreed we'll talk to our daughter our five-year-old is still a little young for like this extra piece of it but like our daughter could comprehend it right i said you know what because if i and i also am firmly of the mind that if i get any new information about this part of their dna it is my responsibility to tell them. If I know anything, yeah. I can't hold it in because then it's a secret later in yeah. life when they find out. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, why didn't you tell me? Right? Yeah, that, that I don't want. Right, right, so right. I was like, we have to be really open and upfront and, and, and present this in an age appropriate way. Right? Talk to her about it. We told her, I, we got a adult picture and you can see it if you want, you know? And she was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, I showed it to her. She was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And she was like, and then I said like, and he said, we can write him an email if we want to. Is that something you'd want to do? And she was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, do you have any questions you'd want to know? And she asked me some like ridiculous question that I was like, maybe we should like think like a little more deeply about the questions we want to ask, <laughs> you know? But like, so like, you know, That's but funny. like, <laughs> yeah. So I started the conversation and that's as far as we've gone with it. And um, oh, well, this is so new. That's it's fantastic. Like, and and I'm sit and I'm still we're still sitting on it and we're still like taking s- so much time with it and we're not like we're waiting for her to bring. She did bring it up again and she was like, "Are we gonna write that email?" And I was like, "Yes, we need to talk about those questions." But this is taking me forever to walk through. What's the apprehension? Like, what is it? You know what I mean? Like, what spins in your brain about meeting the... I don't want my kids to get confused about sure. the relationship, right? I don't want my kids to meet this person and then think, think that oh, he will be in now. their life. Right. And he and could like, be possibly, like, distantly in their life. I don't even know because I haven't spoken with him. But, like, I don't want any confusion. Like, it complicates things. My five-year-old, yeah. he, my five-year-old boy, is a baby still. And if I were to tell him, "This is your donor," oh, that's my dad. No, that's your donor. No, that's my dad. You know what I mean? Like he, it's yeah. so I have to figure out age-appropriate ways to explain it, but also make sure that I'm keeping this open and I'm keeping this honest. Because I've always yeah. thought about that with ours. We're a little different. We're just like kind of like open from the start. We're just sort mm-hmm. of like. And 30 feet up and dive into the ocean. And here we are. We're just going right. <laughs> to jump yeah. in. I don't know how cold the water's, hot water is, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah like, like structuring it. Like, do we say this is your donor or like, or, you, or is it like, is it not, it's not your donor mom, right? But it's, right. Well, but it's, it's or have- is it your auntie, you know, like your like cute little like, I don't know. Nickname well, or something. Yeah, like, you know? and what you decide is what it's going to be for your family. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I've talked to, like, so many um, folks who've done surrogacy, and, like, some of them call, like, the belly mama, or that's your belly mama, and oh, that's your yeah. belly mama. Oh, yeah, because yeah, like that obviously we have two, right? Right. Or <laughs> mama, belly, belly mama. Or, or not using the word mama, belly something, and, like, yeah, you got to get, you get creative, and you figure it out. But the, I mean, I think the key is to, be open and honest from the start 
like uh, they're gonna figure it out soon enough that uh oh my dad's had help because i see how families are made it are created you know so um it's just it can get complicated right as my story kind of shows and i haven't like that whole story is not wrapped up yet which is why i haven't talked about it that i just did so wow (laughs) i'm really happy that you're opening up and talking about it and i'm excited to see like you know what comes out of it i'm also yeah i'm super excited to see um and maybe just like learn how that how you like handle the situation how your kids handle the situation and if you learn like little nuggets to like help other people right who are gonna eventually go through that or if there's anybody listening right now maybe like Who's that, gone through that? Maybe oh, that, like, please just, reach like, out because I was like, just going to say it like down. it's so rare for something Let like this know. to happen in a closed donor situation, like from a bank. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. so rare that you randomly find out the identity of the donor, and the donor is like, "Yeah, email me." Like that's not, mm-hmm. not that's not really how not these things normal. go. So speaking of big changes and big things happening, we have a bit of an announcement now. Uh-oh. To go over to Jamie's episode on Queer Family Podcast to listen yeah. to yeah. what's going on in our Big lives changes. with surrogacy. Big yeah. changes. And it's... what we've decided to do. Uh-oh. It's a journey. <laughs> Not uh-oh. It's a journey. We're learning constantly. Mm-hmm. We're rethinking constantly. <laughs> and we talk about it. Yeah. So pop over there and like... 90 seconds yeah, whenever go, we wrap this up. right now. You got to go listen to Give it a listen. Give podcast. it a follow. Yeah. Double it, rating, double follows. Yeah. Do all the things, all the things. We should all be following both of these podcasts and be listening And Jamie, where weekly. can people find you? Yeah. So the Queer Family Podcast is available on all platforms. And we also have video episodes on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube. Love. At the Yay. Queer Family Podcast. Uh, we're on all social. Well, we're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube at the Queer Family Podcast. It's the whole name of the show. The and um, you can go to queerfamilypodcast.com to see all the stuff we have. There's also a book that was based on the podcast that my, oh my God. previous Amazing. co-host and I wrote together called If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family. It's a very long title. I don't recommend titling a book that long <laughs> in the future. <laughs> if I have it to do again, I'm going to make but a Everybody knows exactly title. what it is about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you can always email me if you want to come on the show or if you have questions or comments or anything, you can email me at... Um, the queer family podcast at gmail.com. It's all, it's all there. So it's, we're telling the stories and we're uplifting and we're normalizing and we're celebrating and it needs to happen. Yeah. Because the world is just up. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, and yeah. with that, <laughs> no, thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing to hear your story, to get a bit of your knowledge into our brains and yeah. And for, confiding with all of us on some very big news that's oh happening in God. your life right now. I can't believe ah. I just shared all that. My wife's going to be like, what the it's hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Ah. Anyway, thank you so much for having me. This has been thank you. great. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. That was so great having Jamie on here. I loved hearing her story about IVF, IUI, and this like unexplained infertility diagnosis I... that you can that you can get trying to go through this oh it's just it's like idiopathic like we don't know what's going on there's yeah, not like that was kind of insane reason. to me right yeah, yeah 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 but then like pay this bill pay this bill pay this bill let's try again let's try again for three years oh my three gosh. years do not forget to head over to queer family podcast right now right now right now and listen to our episode on there you, you know we've gone through lots of ups and downs on kind of our decision making um, through surrogacy and, and what we're doing, mm-hmm. trying to find a surrogate, all of that. And so um, this is just kind of like the next step there. I don't know. I don't want to say too much here. I don't want to give it away. You have to go over there and listen. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> With that, thanks everyone for being here. And until next time, daddy's, daddy's out. out.